0: Can changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Baden and Rex. Welcome back to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today, we had the pleasure of interviewing Oslin and Angel Rodriguez from Backpack International. And what I love about this nonprofit is uh, how it just kind of started from someone going and experiencing something and they they wanted to create change. And so many of us have had those ideas that have come and gone where we didn't take action. But this is just a great example of taking action, not knowing anything about what you need to do and just figuring out as you go and gosh, here they are four or five years later, and it's really blossomed into an awesome nonprofit.
1: Yeah, great example, like you said, of um, just having an idea or coming across something, starting to put some things together, coming across that hurdle of logistics, coming across the hurdle of, oh, we should be a nonprofit, getting all the way to international trips and corporate sponsorships. It's incredibly impressive what they've done. Also, they're so humble um, in what they're doing. And just, you can feel in the interview, their heart and passion for helping these kids out in Guyana and Guyana is a country that I remember learning about probably in middle school, just when you had to like name all the countries in South Africa and then you pretty much forget it. So it's not one of the countries that we think about a lot, but, um, I think I read it's the third poorest country in the Western hemisphere. So it's a country that needs help and they're doing the work to help out there.
0: Yeah. And they definitely, you know, share some of what the country has going on uh, as far as ecotourism, you know, kind of where it's at size uh, population. And so uh, just like you said, you know, it's uh, a country that doesn't really get talked about a lot. And um, there's a lot of great organizations out there, you know, that are doing great things and we'd love to highlight them. And this is just another example of someone that uh, you know, is helping and this is, and, Austin's case, this is, you know, her home country is like how she's giving back to that country. And they have got a really cool program for 2019 is, uh, you know, or not 2019, 2020, but, uh, because of COVID-19 and that is the, um, $19 a month can really, you know, help this organization and those kids down there that are in need. So, um, if you're looking for a way to give back, you know, this might be the organization that you really want to help out.
1: Yeah, they also do uh, ministry work. So if you're ever interested in actually going down and doing kind of the boots on the ground work, you can do that too. They offer that if you live in the, the Auburn area and you own a warehouse uh, or anywhere and you want to be able to donate or you want to be able to help pack backpacks, that's available also. One thing that just popped into my head too that I feel like is such a cool aspect of I'm just gonna this podcast in general, we, we've interviewed, you know, Oslin Oz, talking about Guyana, we've interviewed. Um, the Evie Grace Foundation in Kenya and to move mountains in Sudan. it's just this consistent theme that gets overlooked in our world is what they say over and over again is how hospitable and loving all these people are everywhere. And once again, just kind of goes back to the overall mission of this podcast is there's so much negative news out there, but we see over and over again that everyone's just like, man, people are great. And there's so many good people out there in the world that it's just important for us to, to keep that in mind of just, how many incredible people there are, loving people that are in this world.
0: Yep. Another example of just that. And, you know, if you're someone that's got an idea, hopefully, you know, this will inspire you to to take the first step because really that's how every journey starts is with one step and then another and then you just figure out as you go. So hope you enjoy the episode. Make sure to share it, like it, give us some feedback. If you know anyone that wants to join the show or, you know, if you know of an organization that you want us to interview, reach out, let us know. So enjoy.
1: Thank you for joining us for another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today, we're excited to bring you the Backpack International organization um, on the call today. We have Angel and Oslin. Welcome to the call, you guys. Thank you. So it's a really, really cool organization. Um, we had talked about kind of a little bit in our Instagram messaging that I had discovered you guys on Instagram and was just following you guys and seeing what you're doing so for those uh, listeners who are not familiar with Backpack International, please fill us in on what it is and how you guys got started with the organization.
2: Sure. Thanks again for the opportunity to come and share about what we're doing in our corner of the universe. So Backpack International was started back in 2015 when I returned to my native, Guyana, South America. I was just minding my own business on the way there for a family reunion my grandfather celebrating his 85th birthday and when i was there in guyana i saw some tremendous poverty that i had forgotten about i had left guyana uh, 14 years pro- 14 years prior to that was the last time that i was in guyana and i just kind of moved on with my life i went to college in the us i had a family and i didn't really looked back in Guy- look back on guyana my immediate family was here so it was just out of sight, out of mind. But when I went back in 2015, I saw that there was no playground for the free playground for the kids to play. There was no public library for the, for the kids to go and borrow books. And as a former school teacher, that really broke my heart. As a mom of four kids, that really broke my heart. And I just could not leave without doing something. So I jotted down a few thoughts. While I was there, I said, you know what? I have to do something. And I thought, what could I do? I'm a stay-at-home mom with four kids. I used to teach. I don't really make any money, but what could I do? <laughs> so, well, I came back, and uh, it was kind of crazy. I said, I'm selling all this stuff that you have. I had a yard sale. My husband was like, what are you doing? You're selling all the kids toys. Just don't get rid of me.
1: <laughs> don't get rid of me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we got started by selling just random things that we had. I was tired of stepping in all the Legos that my kids had, all of the excess. I just felt really convicted about all that we have that we just waste. And I said, I have to do something to at least help the kids. And I, I wanted to do something that was practical. And I said, okay, well, I'm a product of Guyana. And my parents always pushed education. He said, education. And I told my student this education is your ticket out of poverty. So no one can take away your education from you. So I felt that one thing that I could do is come alongside parents and help them by providing their kids with the necessary school supplies that they need, hygiene items. And of course, being kids, I have kids. Uh, they want to have some toys. They want to have fun. So I mm-hmm. said, we'll throw in some fun things as well. And I so I just got this idea. I said, well, then well. Maybe, what would I put it in? I said, well, I really want to do backpacks because it, so hence the, the theme of uh, the Backpack International being a teacher, something to contain it, something that they can use year round. So that's where we got the concept of backpacks, putting the items in the backpacks and use them throughout the year. And that's how that's roughly how we got started.
1: That's awesome. I love it. You know, I think of um, our church a couple of years ago did a fundraiser that was similar, a backpack fundraiser where we, you know, everyone donated backpacks and then the church helped to fill all those backpacks and give them to local kids around. It's just something to me really cool about the concept of being able to, like you said, not just to give the kids a backpack because it's something that so many people are familiar with, but then filled with all of these, you know, school educational tools, hygiene stuff, toys, I mean, all kinds of, of really great stuff. So definitely a great idea, great concept. Um, how was how was the first trip back there when you brought the goods back? How did that go?
2: That so our first trip was in 2016, and we didn't have enough backpacks.
1: Yeah, I bet you probably had a lot of kids who wanted. <laughs> oh, so it was a
2: pretty much grassroots operation. I had my little two-year-old stuffing <laughs> stuffing thing, so I think we had 102 kids. So we wow. had 51 uh, plastic bins, and then we had 51 backpacks. So. We, start, we had some humble beginnings, but it yeah. was really well-received. What was awesome is that we didn't have a location or anything in Guyana. We reached out to a local church. The day before we started this, we, what we typically do is we have a vacation Bible school slash summer camp setting. So the kids would come to the vacation Bible school summer camp, and then at the conclusion of that, session for the, during that week, we present them with, with these backpacks. It's like a graduation ceremony. Oh, very so cool. the, 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 the thing that we told them is that you have to attend all three days. Otherwise you don't get a backpack. How many kids do you think showed up?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: we, had, we probably had 100% attendance. It was wow. pretty awesome.
1: That's cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, uh, so talk, talk a little bit real quick about I, because I was talking about this, I just want to kind of dig into the first time when you guys put together. What was that like back stateside? You guys are in um, Alabama. We're, yes. So yes. did you connect yeah, did with you some to local organizations, local churches? How did that go for getting all the, you know, how'd you get the word out and how'd you be able to collect the supplies? And then what did you do? Did you ship them? Did you take like 12 luggages on the plane down there? Or how'd you guys <laughs> that's get in there? Question.
2: want to talk about that, Angel? Oh, uh, sure.
1: When we started, the issue was, uh, how do we get other churches
3: involved? So not just our church, right? but this is a community organization. And so one of the things that we see, a lot of people have empathy. They feel for people. They're like, okay, we feel bad about the situation, right? But then we're a Christian organization. We don't hide that from anybody. But when the Lord Jesus looked at a situation, he had empathy, but it led to compassion, right? So he felt for the situation, but then he acted. So we, acted, we, we told people, we want you to be involved. This is not about us, and this is not about me. This is a community effort. How do we deal with this issue? But so we've identified a problem. We have a potential solution, and we want to get involved. And what we told people was, look, it's not just about backpacks. It's a discipleship program because it's one thing. The Lord says in his word, right, go and make converts? No, he says go and make disciples. So those backpacks are filled with Bibles, and those kids get a Christian – um introduction to who the lord is and then you're left with a seed that hopefully gets watered and and firmly rooted
0: love it
2: yeah can i add something to that sure oh back to your practical point point that you asked so we first started out the first year in our garage cuz we didn't have a location we literally had family and friends our kids they're not even that old our 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 oldest child is only 10 years old <laughs> So we, we wanted to have something that was family friendly, that even the youngest kids participate and help. So what we, we just had an assembly line. We had pencils, toothbrush, toothpaste, and and laid them out and backpacks on one end and a box on another end. So you just walk down the assembly line. It was pretty easy. One of each thing. And we put about 20 to 25 things in each backpack and, um, and then we put them in boxes. So th- to ask your question about how we transport them from Auburn, Alabama to Guyana, South America, is, um, is a combination of what you mentioned. So we transport them to Atlanta for shipping company. Then they do their so that's our that's a last stop for us in the on US soil. And they they transport it, I b- I believe through Miami. And it takes about four, four to six weeks to get to mm-hmm. Guyana. And then we retrieve those items in Guyana. We typically ship our supplies in May. Today is a little bit sad for me in some ways because this is the, I saw a flashback on those Facebook memories where two years ago we were packing the backpacks to Mm -hmm. transport them to Guyana today. But as a result of COVID-19, we're not going to be able to go to Guyana this year. So we're not shipping Uh. backpacks.
1: Wow. Yeah, so, I was wondering that because I was wondering if you guys were going to be able to make it this year or not.
2: Yeah. So this kind of talking about it today is actually just helped to soothe it a little bit for me because, um, of course, safety is important. But I, my heart is really um, aching for the kids who are looking forward to us bringing those supplies to Guyana. Mm. So we're trying to find other ways to still support them without shipping backpacks.
1: Yeah. Cause, that, oh, good. I was going to say real quick, it was
0: Christmas in July, right? That's kind of
2: the yes. thing
1: is when you guys go. To oh,
0: yeah. I was going to ask when, so that first year you, you come back from Guyana and you're like, oh, we got to do something. We got to take action. At that point, you know, you maybe have talked to your church and some other churches. Are you thinking about like, oh, I want to start a nonprofit or um, I want to, you know, become incorporated. Did you guys take steps at that point to also kind of form an organization?
2: Oh, that's a good question. So no, I didn't, I had no concept about, <laughs> about starting a non-profit or no desire to do it it really started out as just me and my husband we just wanting to do something to help to be a part of the solution and I it got bigger than than us it it really our my husband said to me listen he is taking over the garage first real problem <laughs> i can't park my yeah. car
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he kicked us out in a nice way he said you can find another location so we uh i spoke without you and 2017 really came a passion for me. And I said, you know what? For, for my Christmas gift, I told my husband, I want to become a nonprofit. Can you make that happen for me? So that was my Christmas gift for my husband. Wow. He,
0: uh, awesome. he
2: presented all the, he got, got, we got an attorney and he paid for all the, all the fees to become a nonprofit. So it was December 27, 2017 or 17. So we're, we're very young. So, but it was never—it was never an idea. I never. Well, oh, I want to be a nonprofit uh, leader or, of an organization. But it just blossomed into something. And it's pretty amazing how you can have an idea and have no—if you know—you ha, could have an idea and not even realize how by taking that first step, how it could just blossom into something much bigger than you even dreamed. Yeah,
1: you. yeah, I love that because I feel like so many people that have an idea. They might be like, Oh yeah, this would be cool. And then they hit that first hurdle Bump. of logistics. Yeah. Then it's okay, like, hey, we got over that. And then it's like, oh wow, like we have I have to be a nonprofit. Like that takes a lawyer, that takes all this, this takes and they're like, ah, oh, I just forget about it. But like you said, it's the determination and going through that that is just pushing through these little bumps. And I bet you when you look back now, and, and Angel, you can correct me since you're the one who did most of it, you're probably like, Yeah, it wasn't that terrible to make it happen and the the return was worth it.
3: One of the things that we had to consider, Hmm. is we want to be a foundation, right? So most people, when they start these things, it becomes a foundation. They fund it. They run it. We want a community involvement. So one of the ways to do that, and that was the vehicle really for the not-for-profit. So many people have to be involved because at the end of the day, for tax purposes, you have to show where you spent the money. And it's also for accountability. We're big on accountability and stewardship. So we wanted this to be about the community, not about us, not about one or two people, but about people being involved and then sharing in every aspect of this, from funding to work. I mean, the first, I want to say from the the first month that we started, we had this conversation that we need volunteers. And in the first year, uh, I think my back is still recuperating from trying to lift all the things into the truck. But as more people got involved, right, many hands, little work, it became a community event. So we're ministering to people here on this side of, of the country, as well as in Guyana. So for a lot of people, it's a method for them to get involved in missions, even if they're not able to go to the country. But they're involved in some aspect now.
1: That's great. Did you Was there a main church organization that partnered with you guys locally that was kind of the big tipping point? Because it seemed like you guys went from like, oh, there's this idea to garage is full of stuff. So what was the kind of the big move for you guys to be like, wow, now it's like really happening. We got a lot of things going on. Yeah.
2: Uh, and our, our Facebook will have that today. So I reached out to a local church here um, in our community. We're not even members of, the, of this church, but one of the things that I really admired about this church is that we're very community oriented. And I just reached out to the children's um, pastor and her at another church. And I said, you know, we really need a location. We don't really have anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is, do you think your church would be willing to let us use their, your space to just pack backpacks? And she said, absolutely. You guys are doing, doing good work. And I want to that church because some, some churches, if it's not their idea, if it's not their ministry, they don't, they don't want to participate. So for several years, we, were, we met at that church facility. And um, they they just they didn't even they didn't charge us a thing. They said, you know what? We see that you're doing God's work, and we want to be a blessing and encourage you. And they've allowed us to use their facility every year um, for us to do that. Then we moved on to another organization, uh, another another church. Last Christmas was the first time we packed backpacks during Christmas time, and that was really cool. So we did it as a Christmas in a backpack. We so now we have several area churches who partner with us, whether it be by allowing us to use their facilities or through volunteers or just through donations to help us ship. Uh, last year, we shipped a container. I reached out to several churches asking for donations, and one church in particular gave a really sizable donation to help with with um, shipping that container. So now we have a storage storage in Guyana. Before, that was a problem. We, hadn't, we didn't have any place to store the supplies.
0: Wow. So can you talk about the Guyana side of things? Like what's going on down there as far as infrastructure? <laughs>
3: Oslin's grandfather uh, created a piece of land for us, and that's how this process really began. We have a vision, and the vision is to start a resource center. Uh, one of the things that really struck us was the lack of libraries, lack of playground. And our second uh, oldest son, Jonah, commented to Oslin about that first trip and said, I I feel sad because the kids don't have a place to play. And so things that we take for granted, they need.
2: Can I say something about that? Absolutely, please. One (laughs) of the things that uh, our son Jonah said that really struck me, and he was only about seven at the time, I said, well, Jonah, why is a playground important to a kid? He said, mama, kids learn confidence on a playground.
0: that's good. I said, wow. (laughs) Wow.
2: And I was like, what did you say? And I thought about it. I said, that is so profound. A kid who, think about it, a kid who might not be able to go across a monkey bar when a child, when a child learns how to do that, what does that do? It boosts confidence. Confident kids. I mean, wow. that translates into everything. Yeah. I thought that was really, really awesome.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great.
3: So, one of the things that we're looking at now, because of COVID-19, especially in Guyana and in the U.S. too, we do food security has become a real issue mm-hmm. and so how do we provide how do we help the community help themselves one of the things that we're working on now is securing an additional piece of land to start farming on so we want to have it. goats we want to have cows we want to have banana trees things of that nature looks somewhat of a community garden just to help people in need and we're we're actually even though we're not there we have members on the ground that are part of the team bpi background and they're there working and identifying families that have need. And we've been providing, thanks to donors, meals to certain families that are in need. So right now, that's the focus. We may not be able to be there. We may not be able to necessarily transport backpacks, but the need remains. And so one of the things that we do when we do have the backpack program, when we have BBS down there, the Vacation Bible School, is we provide a meal for the kids because food security is such
1: an issue. Yeah. Wow. I always like to ask this question. It always intrigues me about any uh, organizations we talk to that do international stuff. And you don't have to get in the political side of it if you don't want. But have you had, has the government been supportive down there? Has it been restrictive? How has that been dealing with government of another country, setting up your organization, working with them?
2: The government for us has, has been very supportive. In fact, the local, uh, the local government, which is sort of, it's, when you say it's similar to the mayor, in the, in the region, now. so they—I actually mm-hmm. met with their regional executive last year. The first year we had been meeting, we outgrew that facility. We had about four to five hundred kids, and only maybe about a hundred people. So we quickly <laughs> realized this is a safety hazard. We have no air conditioning.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we don't want anybody passing out. So we reached out to the local uh, regional executive and he said, you can use our elementary school. I mean, and typically you have to go through a whole a series of uh, paperwork months in advance. And uh, they saw what we were doing and they said, we want to be a part of that. We want to support you and encourage you. And the really cool thing is that that was the elementary school that I attended when I was a kid oh, in so Diana. Cool. My mom attended that elementary school wow. when she was a kid in Diana. So it just really came full circle. And we've, we've been embraced by the local govern government, government uh, in Guyana. So, uh, thankfully, we haven't had any issues with that.
0: Can you talk a
2: little?
0: Lo- was gonna say, can you talk a little bit about <laughs> Guyana as a country? Um, I feel like a lot of listeners might not have a good grasp on, you know, the size, population, uh, even geographically where it's located. Um, just that way, people can kind of get a, a good gist of what Guyana is.
3: Diana is the only English-speaking country in South America. It's imported by Brazil, Venezuela, and Suriname. And it's got a traditional background of British Diana. So they were a British colony for a bit until they got their independence. And so now they have pretty much have a parliamentary democratic system. Uh, their main exports are uh, really agricultural products. However, they have recently discovered oil. So that's going to be a, a segue for them. And they had a recent election, which is still being contested. And so it's divided upon, unfortunately, really uh, racial grounds. The majority of the population is uh, African-American, uh, well, African-South American, also Indian backgrounds, and then you have a mixture of Indian, Native, Indian, Afro. So there's uh, quite a quite quite a bit of things going on in Guyana, and people are discovering it. It's also a tremendous destination for ecotourism. And uh, people are discovering new species in the Amazon every day. So That's is it actually species.
0: got Amazon um, in Guyana?
3: It's got Amazon bush. Uh, there's a lot of TV shows. You may have seen it. Uh, gold diggers. Uh, people go to the bush. They harvest gold, bauxite, things of that nature. <clears> right. sorry.
1: I also heard that because um, I was doing some research on it too, that there's has been kind of an issue there has been water as far as torrential downpours and flooding and things like that, that that seems to be an issue sometimes with agriculture there as well, right. or just different infrastructure issues.
3: Right. So the area where we go is actually under sea level. And so the Dutch were there for a wow. bit and they, they have a lot of waterways that they were able to develop, to try to deal with the fact that it's underwater. And you want to explain that a little bit? Cause that's yeah. pretty
2: cool. No, oh, it was pretty cool. And it's still in the, in the the town seawall. Yeah. It's still there. It's a barrier. And I saw before in, in the, the ship, it's amazing how that, that seawall in Georgetown, the cap, which is the capital city, can hold back that Atlantic Ocean. So, Diana, just to add, putting what's saying is on the northeastern side is bordered by the Atlantic Ocean. And
0: what's That's the population cool. of Guyana?
2: Under a million people. The last thing I saw, it was about you know 800 and something, 850,000 people. And most of those people reside along the coast. But Guyana is, the interior part of Guyana is, is so rich and Angel touched about ecotourism. Guyana has received numerous awards as the number one uh, ecotourism destination in the world. It really is a tropical paradise where it has the, the largest single drop waterfalls in the world. Five oh, wow. times the height of Niagara Falls and Victoria Falls and amazing, amazing species and it, it's it's a place that we really want when we go to Guyana unfortunately we don't have the time when we go for our mission trip to go on a on a tourism expedition but I'd love to take another trip another time during the year just to go and explore and have fun
1: yeah mm-hmm. and so also when you went back there um did you have some friends and people to kind of connect with that you knew when you were growing up there that kind of helped facilitate a little bit as well? Sure.
2: Well, I still have, thankfully, I still have lots of family and friends there and um, fa- family members and friends who helped to do the groundwork before we get there and um, in several regions in Guyana. So that really helped to facilitate a great uh, a great amount of the work for us. And I've heard that people who do international um Work sometimes run into problems because they're not on the ground, and it's hard to find people who you can trust. But we're blessed that we haven't had that issue. That it's it's something that, uh, in many ways, I feel like wow, we're 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 so welcomed when we come there. And it's Angel always says this is a great first time missions experience for people because you don't have the language barrier. Uh, so if you speak English and you want to go serve in a you know on a, your first mission trip, this is a a perfect first-time experience. The people in Diana are so welcoming, and of course, I'm Guyanese so I might either. But you can check yeah. with Angel. They <laughs> love him. They love everybody who comes to comes to Diana. They're just happy and hospitable people, and they're they're thankful to have people there to just to help.
0: So, if people want to actually oh, go on a mission God. down there with you guys, they can do that.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, we take teams with us every year, and we would love to have people come and participate.
0: Yeah, and You so, don't have
2: to be from Auburn. You don't have to be from a particular church. Yeah, so you touch don't even on, have to go to a church. Yeah.
1: Touch on like just the ways people can volunteer as a whole, you know, locally in Auburn or like you said, you know, go into a missionary. Would you be like, okay, we live in California, but I want to go do some missionary work with you guys. Then we'd I'd fly down and meet you guys in Atlanta or something like that. Then we all fly down. Is that kind of how it would work?
3: Absolutely. So we, what we would do is we would do some type of background check. Um, just to make sure that everything is, is fine because we do deal with children. And then we would set that up. The team would basically meet in Atlanta and fly together to Guyana.
2: Yeah. we did that. Uh, we did that last year. Um, people flew from New York, from Florida, um, from Alabama area. And we all are, uh, our common destination was uh, in Miami. We typically fly out of Miami and um, it is, it, so you can, you definitely can come and join us, but locally, if, stateside, if you want to participate, we love to have people, different churches in different states. They host, um, supply drives for us. Like, you know, for example, school is going to be coming back. I know we're in the midst of a pandemic right now and kids are home, but we still collect, we always need school supplies. Mm-hmm. We always need hygiene products. Even though we're not going to Guyana right now, it's, it's still a time where we collect, we collect items year round. We still need toys. Like we're always short on things like soccer balls for the kids. They all want a soccer ball. <laughs> right? And it's a great, it's a great toy because anybody, they, boys can use it. Girls can use it. twelve people can play with one soccer ball. So that's something that we, and I think the universal uh, gift and toy. Love so it. that's something that people want to participate with. And we have, right now we have a campaign going on. We wanted, we like to put a positive spin on things since, for COVID-19 what we're doing is asking people if you want to if you want to help feed families if you want to help kids if you might by, by simply donating $19 a month you can make a difference and your $19 combined with somebody else's $19 can help to to feed a family for a week and that's what we we've been doing
1: we
3: have an initiated we call it a fund most times, kids go to the store to buy the school supplies for their parents. Just pick up an additional one. Whatever you have, remember that somebody else is in need. So if you're going to buy one notebook, you got two. And then that's part of the supply drive. And kids get involved, they're active, and they learn they, they, from a very early age, depending upon when it, when they begin, all the way from kindergarten on up, they learn about giving to others.
0: And what so, was the name of that uh,
3: project? So, it's, it's called Plus One. Plus One, so okay. It's a very simple concept. Whatever you buy for yourself, buy one for somebody else, and that way other people can partake as well.
0: Very wow. cool. We yeah, yeah, have some any... one of the
2: really cool things, like some of this is a piggy bank. You a change. But change. Nice. So we have some piggy banks so that we can send to families. Kids love piggy banks. My kids each have their own piggy banks, mm-hmm. and we can get out their change. Well, last year, one lady met me. She said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe $120 came out of this piggy bank that I've been saving up my loose change. $120 can go a long way. That's yeah. two backpacks, filled backpacks right there. So we average our backpacks, the, the value of things in the backpacks and the backpacks would be between $50, 50 to
3: $60. This side of school supplies is also
2: right These supplies, also books, toys,
3: things of that nature. So it goes beyond what people would think is involved in a school backpack. Because we're trying to minister the need. So a lot of the need is things that we take for granted. Owls, hygiene products, uh, other things for the kids to play with. So, we want to make it well rounded. It's not just about a school event, it's about a life event. That's
2: right. That's right. Is there
3: any stories? Uh, uh, the other, like the thing other thing I wanted other. to share
2: is that you know, we give quality backpacks. We're not giving off you know, string backpacks that, are, that can't stand <laughs> a test of time. We want these backpacks for the kids to be able to use them year round. And I want to let you know that these kids take care of their stuff. Whereas my kids, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right?
2: Wow. <laughs> oh, I need a new backpack. It's dirty. No, these kids, they wash their backpacks, care of them, and we provide things We have on these really cool t shirts. So every year we give a t shirt to the kids. Would you? And then they, so they're required to wear their t shirts. You would think, oh, well, it's a smelly t shirt. Go home at the end of every night for PBS. They wash their t shirts and they iron their t shirts. Wow. I mean,
1: the level of care. Yeah, say that's, hey, that's next level I didn't iron my ironing. Hey, I couldn't tell you the last time I ironed a T-shirt. I mean, a dress shirt, yeah, but a T-shirt. It's been a long. I don't know. Yes. Uh, okay. Is there any stories that stick out in your guys' mind that you want to share of when you are handing out the backpacks? That's just to a certain kid, or that just really highlights like the joy they had, or just any kind of cool stories that you that you've heard that you want to share. I
2: mean, not... I would say yes. Well, last year when we um, we had a little bit of an issue last year because that was the first year we shipped a container with all of our supplies, and we did run into some, run into some issues because I'm thinking, well, you know, shipping the boxes. What's you know, what's the big deal? <laughs> Apparently, it is a big deal because we owned the container rather than rented it. So we have all these kids at at Vacation Bible School. Waiting for their backpacks, and we're told that there's a holdup because of a container, you have to declare all the all these legalities I had no idea about. You remember, I said I didn't know a whole lot about nonprofits. I'm learning as I'm going. So I'm standing in front of about four to five hundred kids and have to tell them this is on a Wednesday, and we're planning to give the give out these backpacks on Friday. And you know, the look in their eyes, they're anticipating these backpacks, and I'm thinking. Oh my gosh! I don't want to disappoint these kids. What am I gonna do? I have no way to know if we're gonna if they're gonna release our supplies. And this is where you have to have faith, <laughs> a lot of faith. And I I told it, I was honest with the kids. I said, boys and girls, I want you to know that our your backpacks are here. However, we need to pray. This is where you know prayer is so important. If you're a person, we we are a faith organization. I said to the kids, we have to pray right now. And one kid in particular, and Guyana, even though Guyana is a, um English-speaking country, they have a patois, an accent. like You know how Jamaicans have a mm-hmm. patois? And I just, I could just see this little boy, his face was shining with the coconut oil on his face. He was glistening. So, and he just prayed his heart out, asking, Lord, please help us to just get these backpacks. We're believing you to help Make a way. I mean, he was pouring his heart out, and it just warmed my heart. I said, "God, man, if you don't answer that prayer, (laughs) 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 you're a cruel God." But of course, we know God is not cruel. He heard. He heard every prayer. We were able to give out those backpacks, and I love it. Just that little boy, but he just stood out to me. Just he was so earnest in his prayer, and the simplicity of a child, and I and and I just I was just so blessed by that. And thankfully, we were able to. But in the nick of time, give out those backpacks. So that really um,
0: memorable for me. That's great. That's I awesome. got another question for you guys, and that is: you guys are about four or five years into this, and I noticed from your website, you guys have a lot of big corporate sponsors. And we interview a ton of nonprofits. And I, is there some secret that you guys uh, have used to to crack into that? Because I mean, I was really impressed by some of your corporate sponsors.
3: The secret is called Osmond's perseverance. She will hunt people down, and I'm going to be like, Oslin, are you sure you want to?" She's like, "I'm going to go ask. I believe. uh, I believe. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to ask, and it's been a faith builder for me because I'm like, if you came into my office with this stuff, I'd be like, "Well, all right, ma'am, I'll give you something." But you know, there's the biblical story about the, the neighbor knocking on the door early in the morning, and just letting him in because of his perseverance. Well, that's my wife. She perseveres, and she will ask, and she will hunt you down. And it's also God's favor. Uh, people have opened yeah. up that are not even Christians, you know, and, and like, all right, well, we're gonna help you. We we believe in what you're doing. And so that's not them, that's God's favor and God moving on our behalf.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love it.
2: Yeah. you know what? You're not asking for yourself. You're asking on behalf of others. You're asking for those who can't ask for themselves. So you don't need to be embarrassed about asking. You're you're giving an opportunity to participate in the joy of giving, joy of making a difference in other people's lives. I, I feel tremendous joy when I'm able to help. And to me, sharing that joy, I'm giving people that chance to experience that joy. So I feel like I'm giving them a gift by asking them to give other others.
1: Yeah, that's a great mindset to have. Um, you had mentioned the uh, $19 a month for for the time being for the way that people can give. Can you just touch on all the different ways that people can volunteer, they can donate, and also where they can go to to do that?
2: Sure. So you can go to our website, which is backpackinternational.org. You can set up a recurring gift. If you want to, if you use Amazon smile, I don't know about you, but I've been using Amazon. Yeah,
1: everyone's Amazon using Amazon right now. Right?
2: <laughs> right. During this pandemic. So I've had to, my husband, he's been going to Amazon. Like so we have Amazon smile, which if you already shop on Amazon, you can go over to Amazon smile and a percentage of your purchases will go to backpack international. It's not a whole lot, but Hey, every little bit helps out. So uh, just with our family alone, from since the pandemic, uh, which about two months ago, up to now, we're up to about fifty dollars has been um, donated to Backpack International just from the purchases from our family. Right. So imagine it. if you know a hundred people were able to do that. That was gonna make that would make a huge difference. So anybody could do that if yeah. you want to. Um, you want to order some supplies from us for our for us to be able to fill backpacks. As I said before, we always need that. You can uh, email us at, at backpackinternationalinc.org. You can contact us on Instagram or on Facebook, and we can send you our, our mailing address. If you just want to give a one-time gift, you're, we would love and appreciate that. Um, we do sometimes have organizations, you mentioned that. Um, so I want to give a shout-out to Starbucks. I thought that was really cool. The Starbucks F- Foundation just gave us a community grant recently. They saw the work that we were doing, and they said, hey, you know what? We want to help you guys help help your community. So that was a fantastic way to give for, for them to give back. So, you know, you can give supplies. So many organizations, they don't necessarily give money, but they, they give supplies. They rent their, they give us their space. Now we need a warehouse. We're outgrowing our storage facility. My dream, I'm putting this out there because we have not, because we asked not. Somebody might be listening yeah. and I, and, and as my husband says, you know what? I, I have no shame. <laughs> so, <laughs> I want a warehouse. My dream is that when there is a disaster, sort of like what happened with our recent pandemic, I want us to be able to respond immediately so that we have, I envi- I have, I see it in my mind's eye right now, a huge warehouse with rows of backpacks supplies so that basically all these kids who were home for suddenly have to be homeschooled. We were able to respond quickly because we already had backpacks filled back in December. And we were able to give out about 100 backpacks to kids in Alabama who were suddenly homeschooled now and they they, they can't. their parents are not working. They can't go out. So wow. it, that's, that's a dream that I have. So if somebody has, uh, they want to donate it and get a tax write-off and bless Backpack International with a warehouse so that we could respond to the needs of, of, uh, of families and families, here in America and abroad, that would be. I would just take me home to heaven right now. But no, yeah. not, maybe not.
1: <laughs> Auburn, Auburn uh, landlords and commercial owners listening to this podcast, yeah, you know, yes. attention, you know, put good hey, we use can have that Regional
2: warehouse. offices. I don't mind coming out to California. Okay, why? Yeah, it
1: could be anywhere. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, oh, uh, so yes, guys, this has been a great great interview. Um love what you guys are doing. Um, just super excited to be able to share your journey, share the organization, share the vision of where it's going to also and I'm convinced, you know, you could tell with that with uh with that determination of uh, Oslin as as Angel talked about to get things done and and the favor put on the organization. I know you guys are going to be incredibly successful and keep on going. Yeah. Uh, thank you, just, you so much. Yeah, thank you guys for coming on, and uh, we
0: really appreciate it. If you like today's episode, you can find more information at mycorneroftheuniverse.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Have you heard of light therapy? What about photobiomodulation? A fancy way of saying light therapy. Or stem cell activation. That's right. I said stem cells, the big buzzword in health that no one can afford. Well you can afford it now. Head on over to my corner of the universe forward slash support the show and click on LifeWave. They offer a thirty day money back guarantee. You can't beat that. So head on over to my corner of the universe forward slash support the show and get started today.